Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman Brown, and I am joined today by Richard Kaufman. I wanted to get Richard on to share his story with you, his story of overcoming a number of obstacles and becoming an individual whose mission is to help other people overcome their obstacles. I think every person who listens to this can learn something or gain something valuable from his story and what he is doing today. So let's tune in. All right, Richard, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me on and I'm so grateful and humble. Thank you. You are quite welcome. So I am super excited about this. Uh, just kind of going through your story a little bit on through social media and through some um, articles that have been written. I think you have a lot that you can share with uh, my listeners just in regards to like overcoming the crap that life throws at us at times and just overcoming those, um, even those decisions that we make that aren't the greatest decisions because we all make those in our lives. And um, it's a lot of how we choose to um, get past that is how we continue on with our lives. So I'm really excited to dive into your story. Okay. So just kind of give us a little bit of a background. Um, you can make it as lengthy or as short as you want, but I know you have a very lengthy background as far as addiction and injuries and all this stuff that you've had to overcome. So um, just share a little bit of that story with us. Okay. I'm just going to, I'll give you a quick down and dirty. Um, there's three parts to my story. Um, I grew up very poor. My father left when I was like three months old. And we moved around a lot. So by the time I got to high school, I lived in about 10 or 12 different places. I was a full-blown alcoholic by the age of 13. Um, I got thrown out of high school at 16, so I became an emancipated minor. Joined the military at 17. Um, I liked the military. They didn't like me. I stayed in for two years. And not only was I a full-blown alcoholic, I became a full-blown drug addict. And I got thrown out after two years. Came home, lived with mom. That didn't work out too well because I didn't want to um, listen to their rules. And of course, what we're talking about today is, you know, the decisions that we make. And they made a decision that they didn't need me in their house, so they threw me out. That's, and I, I had a job and I had a girlfriend at the time. And um, I was so much of a drug addict and alcoholic that I actually was living in a crack house. Things got so bad that I'm probably the only person you'll ever know that gets thrown out of a crack house. <laughs> so uh, I was homeless for about a year in my car. And then I promised my mom I'd go back to school. So she let me back in the house. Little did she know that I was going to school to be a bartender, which is not a great idea. Again, choices that we make. Um, I <laughs> I graduated bartender school and my first job was on New Year's Eve, 1989. I got a, a friend of mine had a bar in New Jersey. He was a police officer. Um, everything was going great. You know, um, drinks were flowing, customers were happy. I was drinking. Um, I woke up with like $8,000 in my pocket the next morning and knocking on the door, I robbed the place. And the police were there to come lock me up. I was looking at uh, five years in, in, in jail. And uh, he told me if I gave the money back and if I went to AA, 
for 90 meetings in 90 days that he wouldn't send me to jail. And back then I was too pretty to go to jail. So I agreed. <laughs> and uh, I, I hit like something like 350 meetings in a row. And I haven't had a drug or a drink since. So that's the first part of my story. Second part of my story, I moved, moved to Pennsylvania, rejoined the military again because I felt I, I was missing something. I, I felt I didn't complete it. Um, moved to South Carolina, and um, even though I was not drinking, I was still an asshole. Excuse my language. It's called being a dry drunk. There's a difference between you know drinking and not and you know and still being an arrogant prick. And um, I was due to be discharged again at the end of September of 2001. And uh, after 9-11, I mean, during 9-11, because I I lived in New Jersey and we knew people that were in the towers um, and we were, I was watching it on TV, something broke inside of me and I I crumbled and I became a broken man at that moment. And uh, I, I asked the Lord, I said, you know, if, if you do, let me stay in the military because I, I went the next day and be, actually that same day and begged my captain and my lieutenant to keep me in. I said, if I, you know, if I do um, get to stay in the military, I will um, dedicate the rest of my life and my career to helping others that I couldn't help that day. And thank God they let me stay. And um, within two years, I went from almost being thrown out to becoming soldier of the year. And um, I, I had a pretty lengthy career. So that's the second part of my story. Third part of my story, um, my first drill in New Jersey with the National Guard here, I was backing up a Humvee. And uh, instead of him hitting the brakes, he hit the gas and ran over my right side of my body and my head. So not only did um, I, I, I had a lot of sh- shoulder issues, but I also had a stroke and I'm blind in my left eye. So a couple months after that, not only did I lose my, my vision, but the military told me that since I can't shoot, I can't stay. So they discharged me. So not only did I lose my career, I lost my vision. And that's when I got into a deep, deep, dark depression. And then one day I just woke up and said, you know, I've been through all this other crap, you know, the drug addiction, the alcoholism and the homelessness. I can come back from this. So I just started, I I actually went out and got help through the VA, started reading um, self-help books, got to hang out with Gary V. And then I got on a podcast last year with, with a friend of mine and I started because this whole time, I was in the health and fitness field since I've been like the age of 18. So I've always been with the GNC or a health food store at a gym. And we were talking about that. And I started telling him my backstory. And he says, you know what? You need to start telling people about your backstory. That's what people need to hear because there's enough fitness guys in, in this world, but there's not too many people that actually help people come back. So that's what I, I really started to double down on. Um, public speaking, um, hopefully going to be doing a TEDx this year. So, and, and then somebody told me to write my book because somebody said, you need to put it down on paper. And that's the only reason why I did that. And now, um, now I'm just out for the rest of my, cause I, 
for the first 32 years of my life, I just lived for me. And now for the rest of my life, I want to live to help others. And that's where I'm at today. So that's, that's my story in a nutshell. That's awesome. And it is a, in so many ways, it's just an incredible story. Just how many times you've overcome adversity and what, um, you know, those life changing events that essentially change our perspective on things. Um, so it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So let's go, let's start. What are you doing today? I know you're involved in a lot of things as far as helping others. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing um, in this day and age now. Well, you know, yesterday was my birthday. I turned 50 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, thank you. And I was, I was like, wow, my wife told me I'm a half a century. I'm, I'm a half a century old, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I had a really great day. But then somebody called me and I, I didn't know who the number was. And it was somebody from uh, North Carolina. They said they heard about me and they needed, they were going to commit suicide and they decided not to, and they were going to check themselves in the rehab. So that was like the best birthday gift that I could ever get yesterday. And I'm, you know, um, so right now I have a pretty decent sized following. I mean, it's starting to grow. It's not about the number of people though. Um, I do a Facebook Live every Monday night. It's called the Monday Night Comeback. I have people on that have gone through, you know, certain issues. And uh, it's seen by a couple thousand people a week. And, you know, my book just hit Amazon last week. So that's going well. It's got five-star reviews. So I'm grateful for that. Nice. And I'm still running a health food store. I've been doing that. I've been at this location for the last 10 years. So I'm just trying to help people out, you know, that, that's what I'm living for now. If I could save lives and you know, that, that's what it's all about now. It definitely is. And like you said, it doesn't matter necessarily how many people you reach. It's really that you reach even that one person every day that needs your help. Like that one that called you yesterday. Yep. Well, let's go back to kind of the beginning of your story a little bit. Um, Ended up with the money. You were going to go to jail. Did AA instead because you're too pretty for jail, which is awesome. Because uh, <laughs> I was only I was I quit drinking at night at 20 years old when most people haven't even started yet. Oh wow! So I, and thank God for my aunt, my uncle, my stepfather. They stepped up and helped me out, and I'm really thankful for that police officer that gave me a second chance. And one thing I want to tell your audience is that. Anything that's ever happened in my, my life, it's my fault. I don't blame anybody else. I take ownership of everything that happened. And there is no excuses. It happened. And, you know, it is what it is. That's awesome. What, is there one thing you can point to in your life or maybe one or two things that really had that big impactful like, realization for you to help you change? Um, I know you mentioned 9-11, but as far as, like, just thinking about just things you incorporated into your life or things you've read or people you've talked to that really had kind of that game changing aspect on your life. Well, 9-11 was probably the biggest thing um, for me. And then after that, um, when I came back to New Jersey 10 years ago, I moved back to New Jersey with $50 in my pocket and, and only the clothes on my back. And now I'm, I'm, I'm living a really good life with a beautiful wife and three beautiful kids. Um, I think meeting Gary V was really cool. 
and uh, we, I actually got to talk to him for a couple minutes. My one of my hats is actually um, in his office, so yeah, he actually shows it once in a while. And I and I hope you don't think I'm being disrespectful by wearing a hat. Not the at reason all. I wear a hat is in honor of Chris Kyle, the U.S. Navy SEAL that lost his life helping somebody else with PTSD. So that's why I always wear a hat just in, to memorize him. Um, and probably just, uh, I don't have a, a formal education, but I've read over 6,000 books so far. And I always have like five or six going. So I think probably the Gary V's books, probably his best book was The Thank You Economy. Because I, I realized that the more people I, like, like now that me and you are friends, I will always promote your business 10 times more than I'll ever promote myself. So now I promote all my friends and I never have to promote anything that I do. They do it for me. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, you know, of course, reading the Bible, um, you know, having my wife, my wife is my, my rock, you know, even cause I'm blind on this side. So even when we're walking, she's always got my blind side, literally as my <laughs> blind side. So my wife is my, my biggest, my biggest supporter, my best friend. That's awesome. How long have you been married? Uh, eight years yesterday on my birthday. Oh. <laughs> this way I couldn't forget my anniversary. I was just going to say that. Easy way to remember. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So 6,000 books. Um, and I always have five or six going, and I'm always listening to podcasts every single day. So I always have something going. My ADD is awesome. I love it. <laughs> right. Use the first benefits, definitely. Any certain direction you go as far as the books you read, or is it a little bit of everything, all sorts of different, like mindset, self-help, personal development stuff? Uh, I, I can't get into fantasy. I can't get into sci-fi. I always like to read um, real-life books. And I like even when I watch movies, I like to watch documentaries. Even if I don't like the person, I'll still watch a documentary to learn something. So it's more about the self-help and um, more biographies and auto autobiographies. That's good. Keep the brain going for sure. Well, because I have the traumatic brain injury, I have to always try to keep my, my mind active. Definitely. Did that affect your ADD at all or is that what triggered ADD? No, I always had ADD as a child. I mean, and I, and, some people say, you know, back back then, if they would have known what we would have known now, um, they would have probably put me on the medicine and stuff like that. But for me, I think it's my superpower because I can multiply. You know, even when I'm in the store, I can do multiple different things. But when I was a child, I knew I had it because I would learn something and I'd be like, all right, come on, let's get on to the next thing. And the teachers are always like, no, we got to stay on this for a while. So that I, you know, they never thought I was smart because I was just, my brain was going faster than my, than my, my mouth was. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Let's go to the injury a little bit. When you were run over and dealing with all that, you went to depression. Um, you know, talking with anyone who's gone through major injuries, life-changing injuries, everyone responds a little bit differently to it. Some go into depression, some go into motivation even more so. You went into depression. How did you pull yourself out of that? I don't know what it was, honestly. It's just, um, I guess because I, 
I've, I've always journaled. I'm a journaler. I like to write everything down. So I went to some of my books that I journaled in before that happened. And I was like, you know what? I've been through all this shit. This is just one more obstacle I have to overcome. And so then I started going to the VA, you know, and they, I actually have uh, a doctor that helps me out. And my, my, my wife thinks it's funny because my doctor's name is Dr. Seuss, S-O-O-S. <laughs> and it's like, really? The doctor they give you is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> and she's been a lifesaver for me. Uh, but I, I just figured, you know, it, it's just another thing I have to overcome. And it, and that, I, I think a lot of times it's just making a decision with mindset. It just making that decision is the hardest thing you have to do in this world. Just make the decision because it's when a, a squirrel gets killed, it's not because he went left or right. It's because he decided, he didn't make a decision. <laughs> so, if, right there. You know, so if a person just makes a decision, that's the hardest part about, you know, anything in life, whether it's business relationships you, you have to make a decision and that's all I did I said you know what I'm done I'm tired and I got sick and tired of being sick and tired so I started going to my A meetings again and I started getting into my literature and then I started thinking you know what okay I don't have eyesight in one eye so what I did is I picked up some books by people that were actually blind and auto and biographies about them started reading about them and I got inspired that way Helen, Helen Keller said that the only thing that, that's worse than being blind is a person that can see and have no vision. So the kid kind of got me pumped up. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Because, yeah, you think about whether you're talking about choices or the whole vision aspect, how many people do go through life just kind of going through the motions, not really seeing what's out there, seeing what's out there for them, seeing what their potential is. So it's very true. And I love that you bring up the whole just decision aspect or, you know, choice aspect, taking action, because essentially that's what makes or breaks us. Uh, just living in that whole, like, almost what I kind of consider a, just like your safety zone and numbness, kind of just going through life, that if you want something to change, if you want something to happen, you need to make a decision. You need to make a choice in some way, shape, or form, or nothing's ever going to change. Um, yep. I think we get caught up in this fear of, or we do get caught up in this fear of not knowing what that action is going to do, and so we just don't do it. But, um, you know, essentially, as my, as my colleague likes to say, imperfect action is always going to be better than inaction. So. Yep. I agree 100%. And I also think finding accountability partners helps a lot too. And I, I got like five mentors and accountability partners for every part of my life. So I, I, that was one thing I decided was a big thing because before the accident, I was more of a loner and I was more of a, like I said, it was all about me. And, and after that happened, it's like, you know what, you know, I can't be, I don't want to be alone anymore. You know, I, I don't want to be that guy that's, you know, so I, I started to reach out to people and, and I found out in order to be a friend, have a friend, you got to be a friend. You know, mm -hmm. So I just started reaching out. And now all of a sudden, you know, my wife's like, how do you have 5,400 followers on Facebook and 17,000 followers on LinkedIn? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to build relationships, you know, and I think that's what the rest of my life is going to be about building and, and holding relationships. And that's huge. Uh, something I've really come to learn this past year as I've been working on myself as well as, um, you know, the loving myself first, building those relationships. And that's what's going to get you through everything. That's what's going to help you grow as a person um, and help the other people grow that you're trying to help. Because unless you build those relationships, nothing else really matters, essentially. Well, you know, I heard a saying, it's probably my second favorite saying is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. So um, I'm, I'm that, like I went to go speak at a rehab last week and I warned everybody, I said, listen, I said, when this is over, I'm going to hug every one of you. And they all looked at me like, what? <laughs> and at the end I did, and I went and hugged everybody. And this one kid, a young, um, young fellow, he said, you know, I've never been hugged by a man in my life. Oh my gosh. Cried. And he cried. I was like, wow, you know, so if I can make it, you know, an impression on his life like that, you know, that, life is awesome you know life is good it's yeah it's cool to see those or hear those stories and see those stories because i know for myself too and i'm sure you do as well that you don't realize how many people we impact on a daily basis just by telling our story and sharing yeah. with people and listening to people and um so many people just aren't listened to at the same time and just need to be heard yeah like last night I woke up to like 300 messages on Facebook, you know, saying happy birthday. And some people were like, well, thank you for impacting my life. And I don't even recognize the names. And I was like, wow, I feel so blessed, you know, and humbled that somebody, you know, pays attention, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we just don't think, you know, we're not really making a, a big difference in this life. It, it's, it's so true. Cause unless, you know, we go like kind of like we were talking yesterday as far as like we're just normal people doing our thing, wanting to help others. And I think at least I know for me personally, I don't realize the impact that I do have on people's lives at times. And I think you're probably in that same way. It's like we do what we do because we absolutely love it. and We love helping as many people as we can, um, not totally understanding what we're doing in people's lives at the same time. Yep, I, I totally agree. So let's talk about your book a little bit. Um, okay. I know it's your story, but kind of how did this all come about? Well, I was on my friend Donnie, um, Donnie's podcast. He has a Donnie Boyvin. He has a, a podcast called the um, Success Champions. And we were talking, and he's the first one to ever make me cry on a podcast, by the way. And because uh, we were talking about the 9-11 and I got so emotional. And um, he told me, you know, you need to start telling your story more. He said, because people really, everybody loves a comeback story. You know, he said, if, you know, if Rocky didn't come back, nobody would ever, the series wouldn't be as successful as it was. And so what I did is I, he decided, and he told me, well, why don't you write your book? Write a book. And I'm like, why would anybody want to hear my story? It's just my story. It's not a big deal to me. You know, it's, and I don't ever want to be, you know, some people just write book to get acc accolades and stuff like that. So I said, I'm not going to be that guy. So I, I, I wrote it in my story, but on each chapter, I actually wrote down what I learned from that part of my life. And then at the end, 
the last two chapters. One is how to identify somebody that's suicidal. And then the last chapter is how to identify somebody if they're going through an addiction. And then I decided, you know what? I never want anything to be about me. So 35% um, of the proceeds are going to a, a place called Joint Task Force 22 to 0. And what that does, um, people don't realize that on average, 35 first responders a day, including 22 veterans, commit suicide every day. So that's where the proceeds from the book are going. And the reason why I wrote the book is one of the reasons is because if you write a book and it gets published, you're not just some Joe Blow from Idaho. You have a little bit of, you know, credibility. So now I'm going to, I started, um, I'm doing a press release at the end of next month for Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the Star Ledger, you know, all the daily papers to try to get on there to try to raise awareness for the 35. And that's what the whole book was about. It's not about me. It's never about me. I never wanted to be about me. Yeah, definitely. I totally get that. Um, that brings up a question. You never actually mentioned it when you were sharing your story um, earlier. Did you have suicidal thoughts and tendencies when you were going through all your stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, plenty of times. But the only thing that really saved me is I'm a Christian. Uh, you know, I'm never ashamed to admit it that, you know, I'm like, man, you know, suicide is a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, you know, I, and then I started thinking, you know, about my wife and my kids and I'm like, you know what, I have so much to live for. And now, now, like when I met Gary V, I was like, Gary, give me a couple nuggets of information. I'm like, I know, I know you're the man but just give me some, you know, two nuggets of information. And he said, you know what? He says, legacy, your legacy will always be more valuable than your currency. And that's when I really started thinking about, you know, what is, what is my legacy going to be? And that's what I'm working on is my legacy, you know, with, with my family, my kids. So I, it's one of the reasons I wrote the book. So my, my daughter, when I, she gets older and has kids, she can be like, well, grandpa wrote this book and this is who your grandpa was. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, to finish up, I'm going to ask you some final words of wisdom for people just dealing with the crap life throws at us. Any, um, and I know we've already talked like choices, decisions, um, taking action, all that sort of thing, but just some kind of some last minute thoughts, wisdom that you can give people. Um, probably one of the biggest things that like when I was talking to my friend Donnie, he's like, have you ever seen the movie eight mile? with Eminem, he's like, I want you to go back and watch it. I want you to watch the last scene. And I did. And he said, I want you to go out in public and tell you everything you've ever done wrong. Put it out in public. This way, nobody can ever say anything bad about you again. And this way, you're free. So that's what I did. And now, I, you know, if people say, you know, you were a drug addict. Yeah, I was a drug addict. But now I have a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. You know, I have a beautiful life. You know, what are you doing? You know, I, people shouldn't get, my thing I want to get people to know is, you know, they say when you're an adult, anything that happens between ages two to eight is what's going to affect your adulthood. 
so if you have those negative tapes that are playing in your in your head, I'm the guy that wants to take those plate tapes out, put a new tape in, and start and start living your life over again. So you know if you do have those negative tapes playing, you know if your parents didn't say you're smart enough, people you know didn't say you were talented enough, take those tapes out, put new tapes in. You know, like whatever, start, you know, they say you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And your brain doesn't know if a podcast is a real person or not. So if you start hanging out with people that are successful, you will be successful. So that, that's, you know, that, that was all I would probably say. You know, I talked to a billionaire a couple weeks ago and he said, you know what? The only difference between a billionaire and a poor person is what they do with their 1,440 minutes a day. That's the only difference. And everybody has the same 1,440. So just, you know, just, just make, make your most of what your day. And, I, that, and stay humble. Definitely, you know, like a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, you're starting to, you know, people are starting to know you're starting to get known. Are you going to stay humble? I'm like, if you're blind in one eye, there's no, you have no pride. You know, you have to be humble. If you don't have, if you can't see this, you have to be humble. So I think be humble and be teachable would be the best things I would say. That's awesome. I absolutely love that finisher. Uh, so let's see. Let's share the title of your book. Where can people find it? And um, people find they can, you. They can follow me and check it out. T-shirt, comeback coach. Hashtag the comeback coach goes to every one of my my facebook instagram pinterest twitter everything um they can follow me at richard kaufman i have too many friends but they can follow me and the book is called a hero's journey from darkness to light and it's on amazon kindle right now and it's only 99 cents so what i'm asking people to do is buy 10 copies for 10 bucks and give nine away to people that they think that that might need might need and and the proceeds are going to jft 22 to zero Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for joining me today. I'm so excited to get you on here, share your story, and just talk with you. Well, thank you for everything. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if you ever need anything promoted, you know, I'll, I'll, we're friends for life now. I'm like that cousin you never wanted. <laughs> awesome. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, uh, and thank you for your audience for having me today. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.